Hello, and welcome to This Thing Called Life, a podcast dedicated to sharing stories about acts of giving, kindness, compassion, and humanity. Your host, Andy Johnson, will introduce you to powerful stories about organ, eye, and tissue donation from individuals, families, and healthcare teams whose experiences will inspire you and remind you that while life is hard, unpredictable, and imperfect, it's also beautiful. We are so happy you're here. Now, let's join the show. So welcome to this thing called life. I'm your host, Andy Johnson, and I'm so excited to have you with us today. I hope everyone out there is doing well. And I want to say happy Mother's Day. I hope all the moms had a great Mother's Day um, to all the moms listening today. We have a great show today and a wonderful guest. He is mostly known for drilling through defenses in the National Football League and then putting the cherry on the top by doing this cool move in the end zone. Uh, (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) And to be clear, he is the veteran of great touchdown moves. So (laughs) Ocho Cinco and all those other guys, whatever. Oh yeah. (laughs) But, uh, but I have to say there's so much more to him. He's a dad, He's a grandfather. Um, he gives back to the community, works with with children and does so much. And he's going to share his story with us today. I have to say he's one of the realest people I've ever met in my life. He tells it straight up. And I have always had a tremendous amount of respect for him because of that. And he's also hilarious and a great storyteller. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. So before we jump into our conversation today, I just want to remind our listeners that our nation is in the midst of an organ shortage and we need you to register to be a donor. We need you to get the facts. We need you to learn about the people, the heroes who've given the gift of life and healing to others. And Honestly, you simply can't let untruths prevent you from making a decision that will save, heal, and change lives. So please visit lifepassiton.org today and get more information. And here's another thing to consider. What if it is you or someone you love who's on the other end of that equation and needs a life-saving organ transplant? So again, please get information that is based on facts and not fear and register at lifepassiton.org. So with that, please welcome Mr. Icky Woods to the show. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Woo! Hello, Andy. How you doing, girl? How you doing? I'm doing great. Good, good, I'm good. I'm so great. Good. I'm so glad I was able to get you, <laughs> well, thank you thank on the you. show. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's a pleasure to come out and, you know, share my story and uh, some of the things that I've been through uh, over the last, I lost my son 10 years ago. So we've been trying to uh, make a difference in the world. Yeah. So why don't you, why don't we, why don't we lead with that? Can you, can you share with listeners your, your story? Yeah. Uh, Well, it was um, August 11th. I um, was, uh, my daughter had called me to, um, watch my grandson and drop her off at work. So I said I would do that. And uh, after I got off the phone with her, I, I looked at the boys and I said, hey guys, I'm getting ready to go uh, pick your sister up and and drop her off at work and, and pick up Bubby. And, uh, and I was like, uh, you guys good, you wanna go? 
Like, no, dad, because they were playing the PlayStation game. They were like, no, dad, you know, before I walked out, I asked him, I said, you okay, bro? You good? He's like, oh, yeah, dad, I'm good. I said, okay. So I'll be back in a little bit then. I'm going to run and, and get her and take her to work. So I take her, drop her off at work, and and on my way back from dropping her off at work, my middle, my youngest son, Aubrey, calls me and says, Dad, you know, where you at? How long before you get here? I said, about 15 minutes. You know, what's going on? He said, it's Joe. He says he can't breathe. And I was like, well, where you at? Put him on the phone. He's like, Dad, I don't know where he is. I say, well, go find him and call me back. And probably about 20 seconds later, he calls me back and he's panicked. Dad, dad, he's collapsed. He's collapsed. I say, well, put your hand over his mouth and see, is he breathing? He's like, yeah, dad, barely. I say, well, call 911. And so uh, someone had seen him fall. So they had already dialed 911. So I'm on the highway and I'm, you know, I'm just breaking all kinds of speed limits, running red lights, trying to get there to find out what's going on. So I, I pull up and they, they have him in back of the ambulance and they're uh, trying to resuscitate him. And so they, I guess they got him resuscitated and they took off and we're on our way to the hospital. We get to the hospital. I jump out and have my son park the car and I run in there and as soon as I come through the door, first thing I see is a chaplain and I, oh, I lose it. I'm like, oh, my God, no, no, no. Oh. And uh, so I asked the chaplain, you know, what's going on? I'm his dad. He said, well, you know, in a trauma situation, they send the chaplain in to sit with the family. So he said, we got a room over here. So, you know, won't you follow me? And so I said, well, I have to wait till my other son comes in. So he comes in and with my grandkids and and uh, we go uh, to the room and we're sitting in this room and I guess about 15 minutes seemed like, you know, forever had passed. And the doctor comes in and he, you know, the first words comes out of his mouth is he's not going to make it. And so the first mm -hmm. words that come out of my mouth is get your so-and-so back in there and get, get my baby back to breathing. Right. Wasn't those words. They were real choice words. Right. And I, you know, and so they went back in there and they were, they was able to, <clears throat> get him back to breathing and but he had he had lost a half hour oxygen to the brain so they airlifted him to children's uh from bethesda north mm -hmm. we get to uh children's hospital and the doctor comes in and she talks to us and she said well this is the process you know uh his brain is beginning to swell she said we'll have to wait overnight because we don't have any brain activity or anything we'll wait overnight and if his brain continues to swell that's not going to be good so we waited through the night and it took a turn for the way or worse mm -hmm. and his brain began to swell and and there was really nowhere else for for it to go so at uh eight <clears throat> on uh october the 14th at eight 20 p.m., uh, they pronounced my son brain dead. And so uh, talking to his mom, I say, well, if, you know, if they pronounce him brain dead, what do you want to do? And she was like, I don't know what, you know, what, what do, what do we do? I said, you know, um, the doctor said there was, you know, because it affected the whole brain, there was no, no way for him to recover from that. And even if he did, recovered he would you know live in a vegetable state right. so so i said well, okay well we'll go ahead and pull a plug it was probably the hardest decision we ever had to make 
And so we decided to do that. And then when we did that, um, the um, uh, doctor had us go to a room and we went to this room and it was the doctor, the chaplain, and then there were two ladies in there that I'd never seen. You know, we've been in a hospital for three days and, right. and I hadn't seen these ladies and I didn't know who they were. And, you know, I just lost my baby. So I really didn't care who they were. So um, um, the doc, the chaplain said what he had to say. And then the doctor said what she had to say. And then after she got finished, she introduced the two ladies and the, the two ladies were from Life Center. Mm -hmm. And um, and I kind of, you know, I, I looked at them and then, you know, the one lady started talking, I'm so-and-so, so-and-so, she's so-and-so, so-and-so. We're from Life Center and uh, we wanted to let you know that you're, son had checked yes on his driving permit that he wanted to be an organ donor right Ooh. girl and i i just lost it i you know i cussed them ladies all upside and down you know because still talk about I, yeah, that I, yeah yeah i i custom ladies all up up and down and yeah. sideways and forwards and you know i just lost my baby and i right. didn't know anything about organ donation or anything because i was i was never an organ donor and Unfortunately, in the African-American community, we are not ordinarily organ donors, you right. know, so so I, I never even considered being an organ donor. And then I kind of looked over at his mom and I was like, did you know anything about this? And she was like, she's like, no, I didn't know that he had checked. Yes, but we did, you know, to talk about organ donation, but I didn't know he checked yes. And she was like, and I was like, well, what you want to do? She was like, I don't know. What, what do you want to do? I said, well, it's really not what we want to do. Let's do what he wanted to do. And he wanted to become an organ donor. Right. And so uh, we decided to uh, let him be an organ donor. And he was able to save four lives with his organs and help countless others with his tissue. So I was real, real, real proud of that. And to this day, I'm an organ donor as well. So, you know, and, and it took my baby to open my eyes on organ donation. And so, yeah. and so that's why I, I go around talking about organ donation, you know, because my whole thing is you can't take it with you. So right. why don't you leave it here to help, help somebody in need, you right. know? And so, and, and, you know, and, and so that's when we started, you know, doing a little work with Oregon, with, with, you know, with the Life Center here. And it's been it's been a great combination of us working together and and saving lives. And that's the most important thing. Yeah. So Javante passed away on August 14th, you said? He, yeah, he August passed 14th. away. Yeah, he went to the hospital on the August 11th okay. and he passed on August 14th. Yes. So... <clears throat> you know, you talked a little bit about just all of that emotion, like mm -hmm. you, you, you've experienced this, the probably the worst loss you've yeah, ever experienced ever. in your life. In life yeah. And mm -hmm. kind of looking back now, does it give you some peace to know what Javante was able to do? It, it does, you know, and, and, and we would, you know, hopefully one day get to meet the people who got his organs, you yeah. know, um, I uh, knew we had received a couple of letters, but we never, you know, got a chance to meet any of the uh, recipients. And I, I think that that uh, that would be something we would love to do one day. Right. And hopefully we can. But, you know, just to know that 
a part of him is still living and breathing and walking around is, uh, yeah. is you know, it, it just brings a smile to our face, you yeah. know. So yeah. very happy uh, that he did that. And I think uh, now my whole family, I know I am his mom and the kids, we're all organ donors. So so he he taught us something. Yeah, yeah, yeah most a, definitely. That's a beautiful ripple effect. It is. Have. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. So girl, you said you were never an organ donor prior to this. So why was why? Why weren't you? Because like I said, in the African community, African-American community, we don't think about organ donation. Right. And we, you know, we, I guess I, we're probably a little selfish because we don't want to give our organs to nobody. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and, and like I said before this, I, I, I never even thought of being an organ donor. You know, it never it never even crossed my mind because it's, you know, it's the furthest thing from my mind well, is being an organ donor. Because I, I think the 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 one thing about that is we're not educated about organ mm-hmm. donation and. And we didn't have, you know, anybody coming to our neighborhoods even talking about organ right. donations. So we are uh, very uneducated about it and, and really never even crossed our minds to even consider being organ donors, you know. So <clears throat> having gone through this this experience, do you now, is it like, do you know people who've received transplants? I I know some people and I've... Uh, know people who've had transplant and I know people who've given mm-hmm. organs, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we were able to go to the transplant games and, right. uh, you know, we went up there, they had it here in uh, Cleveland yep. and we were able to go up there and just to experience that was an experience in itself. You know, mm-hmm. not only are you, you got organ recipients, you got donors there. And it was just a, it was just a fun, fun, fun weekend. Yeah. We had a great time and, you know, I got to, you know, meet a lot of people, talk to a lot of people. And you had opinions from whatever state you're from. Mm-hmm. That was it was just awesome. It was a, it was a wonderful time. And Coach White. Yeah. He was a heart yeah. recipient. Unfortunately, he passed away yeah. oh, a year or so. ago. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just it's interesting because now it's like these connections that. you Right. Had, oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Which I just I don't know. It's just that that to me is this donation and how it touches people and. So tell us about what you have created in honor and celebration of Javante. Oh, well, we've, um, me uh, and the rest of the family, we started a foundation in his name. Mm-hmm. And I, I go around the country because I'm the main, I guess, heartbeat behind the foundation, yeah. you know, being who I am and, and I played in the National Football League. So my name carried a little weight so I can get a lot more things done using Icky Woods, the former Cincinnati Bengals shuffle extraordinaire, right. whatever you want to call it. Shuffle can, extraordinaire. Yeah, yeah so we can, <laughs> we can use that, you know, because yeah. we've, we've been on national commercials. So mm-hmm. I, I have the name to... Uh, help get the uh, not only with organ donation, but with the foundation, help it get it out there and 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 get recognition because uh, asthma is a deadly disease, and I and I never you know because I grew up with asthma myself, and I thought you know uh, you, you have an attack, I, you never. But that's that's okay. the misconception that okay. a lot of people have is that you outgrow asthma. You never outgrow asthma. Okay. Asthma just goes dormant. 
and you never know when it, when you can have an asthma attack. So most people, when they when they say they've outgrown asthma, they really haven't. It just goes dormant, and you never know what may trigger an asthma attack. And then you have some people who, you know, didn't have asthma in their younger years. They get older and they develop asthma symptoms. So, you know, it's it's just you know it's it's unfortunate. But we're working hard, if not to find a cure, just find a better way to treat it, you know, because there's a, I think if we can find a better way to treat it and that goes along with the organ donation, mm-hmm. it's about education. You got to educate people. And, and most people, especially in the African American community is not educated about asthma or organ donation. And we hope to change that. So what would be, what would be your, thoughts or suggestions on how we can better do that education piece? I think we have to start young, Mm -hmm. you know, get, get to the younger generation, Mm -hmm. teach them how to, you know, whether that starts in elementary school or um, middle school, Mm -hmm. you got to get to them when they're young, because as you know, as well as I do, teenagers think they're invincible. Right. And once, you know, they get set in their ways, then it's, it's hard to change them. But if you start them younger and grow them up in it, then it becomes, it comes second nature to them. Right. And so, and that's, and I think that's where the biggest impact that come from if we start with the younger kids and instill it in them. Did you hear things growing up like doctors won't do everything they can to work on you if they know you're a donor or, um, it's against your religion. I mean, those are some of the things that I hear when I'm in, in out in the community. Right, right, right. It's uh, you know, and that's the that's the misconception that yeah. a lot of the African Americans have is yeah. the doctors out to get you. Right. You know, so, <laughs> right. so don't get, don't be an organ donor because they're going right. to do something to you know right. to make you lose your life so they can get your organs, right. which is which is not which is a real well, misconception. You, you know, I mean, you walk that yeah. walk, and yeah. so you. Saw everything. Yeah, everything that was they, done to save they, your baby's they, life. They, they tried to do everything they could, you know, and it's just unfortunate that you know, you know, it's part of life, though. You know, people live, people die, and you know, you just gotta put it in the right perspective, you know. And and I know losing my son, it it happened for a reason, you know. I don't know what the total reason is why the good Lord took my son, but it opened up more doors for me to start helping people and, you know, and, and trying to make sure that the, not only the deadly disease asthma gets a, get a chance to try to see if we can find a cure, find a better way to treat it. And then also be able to get out and educate people on, you know, on organ donation. Because like I said, a lot of the African-American community really are not educated about organ donation. And and then you have all these myths going around about, you know, the doctor's out to get you or, you know, if you go in there one minute, you go in there healthy and the next minute you're dead. And then, (laughs) you know what it is? And and that's the misconception and it's not true. So, yeah. Well, yeah, too, um, we... We su- we suffer at the highest rate of kidney disease yeah. and renal failure and the, the the you know the conditions that often lead us to needing kidney needing transplants transplant, yes. and so it's kind of this vicious cycle. But you know that that's one of the things I just I think about a lot is we've got we've just got to 
I feel like we have to keep sharing stories like mm-hmm. yours. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, as well as other people who have, you know, been recipients and, and just can they can share their thoughts and, yeah. and what what this was like for them. Cause I think right. that's that's also how we right. can and, educate and, people. And I think we need more of us mm-hmm. saying it, mm-hmm. you know, because it, it I guess the African American community is their trust factor is not there. Yeah, so well. so we need more of And rightfully us, so. Right. And it is, aspects, it is it is right. Yeah. We're but, dealing with this vaccine. Right. People they're like, Nope, I'm not right. getting that vaccine. <laughs> yeah. What I told you know, I tell all my friends, I said, you know, if people are standing in line to get the vaccine, you know, that are not our color, then you need to get that vaccine. You got to, you got to, because, you know, they're not going to do anything that's going to hurt them. So if they're taking the vaccine, we do, we need to take it as well, especially as African-American because it's, because it's our community that's affected the most by this disease. And people don't understand that this virus is affecting us more than than anybody. People of color are being affected by it. And people of color are are dying at a higher rate than anybody, you know? So, so we gotta, we gotta, you know, take that vaccine. As soon as, as soon as I had a chance to get in, I got mine. Yeah. I went on ahead and took it, you know? So, so he talked a little bit about, have the, through the foundation, you've done, you've raised money for mm-hmm. children's hospitals yeah, specifically with, yeah. with asthma. Yeah, we, we've donated over 100,000 to Cincinnati's Children's wow. uh, yeah, Asthma Division to help with the uh, research. And we're That's steady, awesome. yeah, and we're steady trying to raise more and more, you know, because we, uh, like I said, if not find a cure, we have to find a better way to treat it, you know, right. because I don't know what it is, but it seems like all diseases that are out there are affecting people of color more than anybody, you know, and we're just not, you know, we're not educated enough. I think that's one of the main reasons, you know, they said, if you want to, if you want to hide things from people of color, put it in In books, books. you know what I'm saying? Cause they're not trying to, you know, read books and that's, and that's, you know, and and that's, that's crazy. So we need to start, you know, educating our people on, you know, looking, getting in books and, and, and reading. Yeah. Getting that, getting educated, you know, and that's the key is education. It really is. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Agree. There's a scholarship. Is there scholarships? Yeah, we we do have a a scholarship that we give out every year. I know we wasn't able to give out any this year, but going forward, now that this now that we're somewhat through this pandemic, you know, we're not all the way through it, but uh, we're starting to get back on track. But there's a we give away uh, uh, four to six thousand dollars scholarships every year to a young young male and young lady that uh, not only excels athletically, but academically as well. Because my son, Javante, was a straight-A student, and it's called the Javante Woods 3.8 to be great scholarship. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so so we uh, we give that away. So if people want more information or want to donate to mm-hmm. the foundation, how do they do that? Yeah, you can just you can go online mm-hmm. and it's Javante is spelled J O V A N T E Woods Foundation dot org, okay. and we have a 
button on there where you can, you know, um, uh, donate, or if you want to help out and be a volunteer, you can also volunteer because we have, we have the Bengals games that we need volunteers at, you know, we run a couple of concession stands up there to help raise money for the foundation. We have golf outings, two golf outings a year, probably either this year, next year, we'll do a gala. And so we're actually uh, scheduled to do a volleyball game in, I think it's late uh, June. I'm going to have to get the date oh, on good. that. So we're, and that's up in the Dayton area. We're okay. doing a big volleyball tournament. So for more information, just, you know, you can go to the website yes. and okay. and find out exactly when that date is. Uh, my son's actually putting it together. and okay. he, he told me the date, girl, but you know, I we know get you know, I'm getting older and the next unless you wrote it down go, or, yeah. <laughs> yeah, unless we I wrote it down. Day, day, today is, you know what I'm saying? So I so, get but, it. Yeah, but but if you guys wanna um wanna attend that, uh okay. just go to our website. We'll okay. it should be on the website now. And again, that's Jovante J O V A N T E Woods Foundation.org. So I always like to ask this question when I talk to families or individuals who mm-hmm. lost someone. How do you how do you get through the tough moments or the tough days? Andy, to be honest with you, you just learn you learn to cope. Yeah. You know, uh, I know the first three to four months probably was the hardest for me because I at uh, this time, I hate to say that, but I actually contemplated on committing suicide, you know, because yeah. he was my he was my road dog and we did everything together. And it, and it just is just unfair, you know, for him to be going at such a young age. And, you know, and, and I put a lot of the blame on myself, you know, and so, uh, you know, people was like, well, hey, you know, there was nothing you could do. So, you know, you need to quit blaming yourself and. You know, he would want you to go on and do things. And then I also realized that that was a selfish and a coward way out because I still had other kids who were dependent on me and I had to be strong for, I had to be strong for not only them, but for his mom, you know, so I had to be strong for everybody. And so, because everybody was looking to me, you know, and, and so I just, it is, it is of the family and and everyone looking, everybody, everybody looking at you and seeing, you know, how you handle it. So I had to, you know, I had to muster it up and, and get strong for everybody else. When everybody else was crying, I had to try to console them and, yeah. you know, try to hold mine in. And, you know, there'd be some nights, Andy, where I just, you know, and when I'm by, by myself, just break down and, you know, just cry as, you know, as hard as I can, you know, because you got to get it out. Yeah. You know, you got to get that out. You can't just let it fester and fester and fester because at 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 some point there's going to be a breaking point and if you just let it boil up then that breaking point is going to be real bad so you know you got to cry and let it out and 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 you just got to try to find something that keeps your mind occupied and that's and that's what i did in the foundation I found something that kept my mind occupied and something that I love doing, mm-hmm. you know, it's getting out, talking to people and mingling and, you know, doing fairs and festivals and sitting up there, yeah. you know, uh, selling autographs to help raise money for the foundation right. and everything. And it, it was, uh, it, it was great because it, it kept my mind on, on working, you know, 
And, uh, you know, some people call me a workaholic, you know, because I was always somewhere doing something. And it was like, man, why you always, man, I got to keep my mind going, man. I got, if I don't, man, I go, I go really crazy. Yeah. Place. Yeah. So I got to, I got to keep going. And, and I think, you know, and the thing that I hated most, and I think the thing that people who have lost a child or lost a loved one, especially a child is people trying, you know, always trying to tell you it'll be okay. I understand what you're going through when you really don't understand what they're going through because you've never been through it, you know? And so when I, you know, talk to people who have lost a a child, I don't never, you know, tell them, well, it's going to get better with time. And I just tell them, Hey, you got to find a way to to cope because it's uh, to be honest with you, it's not going to get better. Right. You're going to always be at that place because you lost your baby. Right. So, but you got to find, you got to find something to keep your mind occupied where you can be a, a help, not only to yourself, but to, uh, to if you got kids, to your kids, right. to your other significant other, mm-hmm. to, you know, to, to the family, mm-hmm. you know, and that, and that's what I had to do. And I, and I found a lot of that, in the foundation. And then, like I said, I also had a strong, not only family support, I had a strong support team of NFL brothers who came, came together for me when, you know, at a time that I needed it. And, and that's one thing about, about the guys, not only that I play with, but the guys that are part of NFL shield Mm -hmm. is, you know, we're a family and, you know, whenever you, something happens and somebody needs some help, we all come together and and help each other. And so, and I've had a lot of that uh, doing uh, the foundation because I've had Jerome Bettis, you know, Mm -hmm. come to one of my galas had a lot of, uh, he he does, he does does suffer from asthma. Yeah. So he's, uh, so he was real adamant, you know, when I called him because Jerome, believe it or not, was my son's favorite player. Yeah. So (laughs) he was like, and, and, and and that was one of the reasons why he was his favorite player because he had asthma as as well. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, he was a football player. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and, you know, he had always had that if Jerome can do it, I can do it, you know, type of mentality, you know? Yeah. He loved, he loved Jerome better. And I called Jerome and said, Hey man, you know, I just lost my son, yada, yada, yada. He was, he loved you, man, because you also had asthma. And, he, you know, he was his role model. We're having a, a gala. Do you uh, think you can, you know, come in and speak for me? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, man, no problem. Just let me know when it is. I'm there, you know. And he came in and he spoke at our first gala. And and the foundation's been been going ever since. So Wow. So, yeah. I can't wait for another gala. I haven't been to one yet, yeah. so. Oh yeah, we're gonna so, that that's gonna be a great time. We're gonna have fun, and we've yeah, I think we've had we've been going ten years. I think we've had four galas yeah. so far, and we're looking forward to doing another one, and just you know, just keep educating. Keep and that, I think that's there. the that's the that's the key is just education, 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 and more education. And if we can agree. do that, yeah, we can do that. People uh, uh, know that uh, this deadly disease, it does kill. And even if you're doing the right things, because my son took his medicine and Mm -hmm. he did the right thing, you never know what may cause 
the asthma attack. You know what I'm saying? Right. So you may be just sitting there one day and and you have an attack. And if you don't have your inhaler nowhere around, oh wow, it's it's it bad. It's bad news. Yeah. You know. So yeah. and I just matter of fact, one of my friends, he had a friend whose sister passed away about two weeks ago, and uh, and she was like 34 years old. And he was like, man, she was just, she was sitting, she was somewhere and she had forgot her inhaler, you know, thought it was in her purse and it wasn't there. And she had an attack and, and, and people around her didn't know what to do, you know, because they didn't know what was going on, you know, and it's, uh, it's unfortunate, but those those things happen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. So is there anything else you'd like to say? As we wrap up? Uh, no, not really. I just, you know, like I said, the important thing is just to get educated mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and help support the foundation so we can keep saving lives. And that's the most important thing. That's the gratification I get out of this. You know, if, if we can save one life through this process, it's, 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 it's rewarding, you know, and that's, and that's a great thing. I, you know, I, I always appreciate your candidness and um, just even when you were sharing kind of your interaction with, with our staff, Mm -hmm. because I think people need to hear that. Like that to me, that that's, that's life. That's what happens. You're angry, you're pissed off, you're, you know, you're hurting, you're just trying to process all of this. And, and, and the thing was, is my whole thought process is that they were coming in here telling me that they were taking my baby's organs. Right. And, you know, and, and, and that was my, that was my whole top thought process. Right yeah. And I went and I went ballistic, you know, mm-hmm. and the lady, you know, after I got through ranting and raving and cussing them out, they said, no, Mr. Woods, no, we're, we're not coming in saying that we're going to take your baby's organs. We're just coming in letting you know that he had checked his driving permit that he wanted to be an organ donor. And I was like, let me see it. You know, let me see, let me see what he saw. He wanted to be an organ donor. Right let now. me see right now. And they pulled the, they pulled the sheet out and you know, they had, they had blown it up where he had signed his name. And I looked at it and I knew it was a signature because we had practiced him writing his name. So I knew when I seen the signature, I knew it was his. And so I said, okay, well, my baby wanted to be an organ donor. So we're gonna we're gonna honor that and let him be an organ donor. And and we're we're so happy and, and proud that we did that. Yes. Yeah. So I just want again thank you for taking the time. I think this just goes such a long way in doing the education as yes, you yes. as you've been um, speaking about. And I want to thank you and and uh, Javante's mom for supporting his decision yeah, to be a hero because you know he saved four four lives that he day did, yes. and helped many people through the gift of tissue. So mm-hmm. I just I think that he's left such an amazing legacy yeah. and, and you're, you're yeah. carrying, you know, carrying it on. Oh yeah. Most so definitely. thank you for yeah. all that no you're problem. doing in no the community. Problem. So I have one last question. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts about the draft? <laughs> you know what? I, I was, <laughs> I couldn't I, get you on here. Get, not <laughs> <laughs> True. You know, when they first took the kid out of, um, uh, 
the, the kid who played with Joe Burrows, uh, the receiver. Oh, Jamar Chase. Yeah, Jamar Chase. When they first took Chase, I was a little upset. I was because I wanted them to take oh, offensive wow. linemen. Yeah, yeah I, I was upset. But uh, as I thought about it, I said, okay, now this is a guy that Joe Burrows knows. Right. This is a guy that he played with. This is a guy that he trusts. And it's probably a guy that he asked him to get. Mm-hmm. So – I said, okay. So then they went to the second round and got the big offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, I was happy about that. I said, then and then the fourth round, they took two more offensive linemen. I said, okay, I'm I'm cool with that. The Bengals had an excellent draft. I know they got the I think they took the linebacker with the third pick. Okay. And then they uh and then they got a couple of uh offensive linemen. I think they had two picks in the fourth round. They took a couple of offensive linemen and then they took a couple of defensive guys in the uh in the fifth round and I think they took a running back in the sixth round. Okay. So okay. so I I I was happy with you know with the result. Okay. Once I sat back and seen it. But when I and you know and and I and I knew that they were gonna take the receiver. Yeah. You know, but I was I was real high on, on the guy from Oregon, the Penny guy. I was oh, I was yes, real Penny yeah, yeah I was yeah. I was real high on him. I, I wish they I wish they would have took him but I see you know why they did, you know, so yeah. I'm, I'm I'm happy with what they did do after the first round. They did get the big guy uh, out of Clemson, the big offensive yes. tackle. So yeah. I was real happy with that. And then I think they took two more. Uh, they took a guard and I think another tackle in the fourth round. So, okay. so yeah, so I, I was happy with their, with their, with their overall draft. They did. Yeah. They did a good job. Okay. So we'll see though. Yeah, you know, it's all, 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 always that always remains to be seen <laughs> what happens, you know, but, you know, and I, and I tell everybody, you know, you got that great quarterback in Joe Burrows. He's a you know, I, I, I really didn't think he was all that. You know, I said, well, she, he was he went to um, what Joe come out of. Was it Auburn? He came out of LSU. LSU. Yeah, he went to LSU. And, and you know, LSU had players mm-hmm. when he got there. Mm-hmm. And he was actually he was actually an I, Ohio kid. I yeah, didn't he, know he went to he, Ohio, he went to Ohio State. State. Yeah, he actually went to Ohio yeah. State, and so you know, and he, he transferred out and, and went down to LSU. His uh, junior year, he did okay, but his senior year, I mean, the kid just came on, and and I was looking at a few stats, and I said, well, Joe Burrow has the best percentage completion under pressure. You know, when someone's got pressure on him, he completes the ball at a, at a high percentage. But I knew going into last year that if they didn't get better offensive linemen, that he was going to get hurt. He was going to get and, and, and it did. And, and, he, and he got hurt, and we lost him for six games. And he he actually had a chance at getting the rookie record last year because he was on pace. He I mean, he was at a lightning pace, but I, I knew – with what they had last year as far as offensive linemen, yeah. it it just wasn't gonna, you know, when you sitting up there and you watching an offensive lineman and you see a defensive tackle just destroy the guard, oh. you know, and and then Joe Burrow's facing two seconds, I say, boy, we gotta we gotta find somebody who can yeah. who can do better than that or we're gonna get this kid hurt. Yeah. And I mean he, you start I I started cringing. cringing. Yeah, yeah. He took he, just he, knew. he took a couple and of was, couple of shots, but he, he was a he tough was, kid. He, he got up. Got yeah. Up. I, yeah, he took a couple of couple of big shots yeah. before he got hurt. Yeah. That I was like, man, we can't keep getting him hit like that. It's you know, he's not gonna last if he get keeps getting pommel 
something like okay. that. But you know, they they surprised me, and they they uh, they did they addressed the yeah. needed, and then they they went out, and I think they got a couple of veteran guys too. So Good. with that, with those veteran guys and the mix of these young guys, I think I think we'll be okay. So, but we'll have to see because. We really, you know, we got the specialty guys lined up already, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. so we just needed to get, you know, that offensive line set. And I think they they did that with the uh, free agents that they brought in and then the rookie, uh, the guys that they took in the draft. So and then the guys that they had last year. So so hopefully we can get this done. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> well, again, I just want to say thank you. No, thank thank you. you for sharing your story. And um As I close, I want to remind our listeners that today there are 107,406 men, women, and children in need of life-saving organ transplants in our country. What can you do to help? You can register to be an organ eye and tissue donor, and you can learn more about being a living kidney donor because the vast majority of the people waiting need a life-saving kidney transplant. I want to thank our guest, Icky Woods, for joining us today. And I want to thank you all for listening. And I just ask that you please be kind to yourself and to others. Thanks so much. This episode is brought to you by Life Center. You have the potential to help save and enhance the lives of others, those who suffer from chronic illness or the effects of traumatic events. Statistics have shown that a new name is added to the national waiting list every 10 minutes. You have the opportunity to help others and save lives. You have the power to donate life. By designating your decision to become a donor, you have the opportunity to change the lives of many and save up to eight lives. Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana say yes to donation by registering to become an organ, eye, or tissue donor today. Go to lifepassiton.org for more information. Thanks to LifeSetter for their continued support. Thank you for listening to This Thing Called Life. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your favorite podcast to make sure you get updates on all new episodes. And we would truly appreciate it if you would share, like, or give us a review to help us grow.